It's our way to early wide receiver rankings coming up on the Flex. You are now listening to the Flex on the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Subscribe now and tune in every week for all the advice you need to win your fantasy football league. And now, your hosts, Josh Rodriguez and AJ Kelly. Kelly, 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 Kelly. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Flex presented by Fantasy Holics, your new go to podcast for redraft leagues. Today, we're going to give you our top 15 wide receivers heading into the draft season. Before that, you can follow Fantasy Holics on Facebook. Just type in Fantasy Holics on Twitter at Fantasy Holics One and on Instagram and TikTok at Fantasy Holics Podcast. It's not just us, it's not just the Flex on the network's feed. Be sure to tune into the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast for your dynasty needs. And Seth Berger hosts DWF Defense Wins Fantasy for your IDP leagues. We have more shows coming in. I think starting next week, I'm not sure. I do have to touch base with the team on when that show will be starting. Don't want to announce it too soon just yet, but we do have more shows coming down the pipeline. I'm, of course, joined by AJ Kelly. AJ, how you doing, man? I'm great, Josh. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, we did our running back rankings last week. It didn't go as smoothly as I thought it would for me. Pulling back the fourth wall a little bit. There's, you know, I just got to touch up on a few things here and there. But, you know, I'm getting into it. Getting into fantasy football season. That's what takes you. You warm it up. You do your you do your prelim rankings there, and then you polish them before. <laughs> right, yeah. That's why, I, that's why I call it the way too early fantasy football rankings, because I know that by draft season in, in August, I'm going to be changing up a little bit. We'll see. Especially after these preseason games are about to start. So, Yeah, a lot's going to change. You got teams reporting to camp this week, so you're in the last week of July. By the time yeah. you're the last week of August when you're drafting, first week, of, first week of September, a lot of moving pieces. That's right. And, you know, these rankings that we're doing today, they might change as well. But you know what? It's July. You guys want some fantasy football coverage and we're going to give it to you. But first, before we do that, let's go pole dancing. You know you want it. It's time to go pole dancing. Get your mind out the gutter. We're talking about social media polls. My goodness. All right. It's time to go pole dancing. We put up two polls on our network's Instagram page at Fantasy Hulk Podcast, and you responded. We kept it light this week. Again, two questions. Typically, we go for three, but just two. We are an interactive podcast. We do want you to participate in our segments as well and call in and interact with us, and this is a way to do so. So let's get started with question number one. What position do you typically start in your flex? Coming in first place was running back with 59%, followed by wide receiver at 34%. I threw in tight end at the end. 7% of tight end, I guess you stack Kelsey with Mark Andrews or something like that. I guess that can be pretty valuable in some leagues. But those were the results. AJ, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, first off, the tight ends, like you said, if you're taking Kelsey and Andrews at the turn round one, two, that's a viable reason to be starting two tight ends. But otherwise, I don't think you probably should be starting two tight ends. I mean, I think it depends on your leagues. If it's, obviously, if you're in a full-point PPR, the wide receivers that are going to catch a ton of passes. You get guys like Hunter Renfro that catch a ton of balls, but maybe aren't the big play guys elsewhere that they're going to get a bump in the rankings. So you're more likely to try to start them in flex where you're drafting. We talked about it a little bit in the draft stat- strategy where I do like to go running back, but I'm also ready to go best player available. I vary from league to league if I want to do a running back or a wide receiver, right? mm-hmm. just as I think you should know your league, know your scorings. Let that determine your starting lineup. Don't get hard-coded in to say, oh, I need to be starting a running back. Josh, I'm talking to you. Oh, man, I knew you are talking to me. <laughs> it's hard for me not to want to start a running back. I draft 
each of my teams to start a running back in the flex. But as the season goes on, obviously you make adjustments to your team. And there are times, obviously, I do start a wide receiver at the flex position, but I always have the intention of starting a running back. I build my team to start a running back in the flex position. I always think to myself, if my running back in the flex is better than your RB1, I'm probably going to beat you that week. That's just the way that I think. That is when I have the most confidence with my team. I really strongly still believe that if you have solid running backs in your lineup, you're probably favored to win your matchup you're talking about now if you're starting two running backs in a flex you're talking about 60 to 75 touches off the bat immediately you know depending on which running backs you have there if you have workhorses and if you draft high running backs so to me i think that's an incredible advantage that you're going to have going into your matchup regardless of what the ppr format is even if it's 0.5 or a one point ppr you know running backs catch passes now it's not like they just carry the football i know you have your derrick henry and whatnot but most of them are involved in the passing game in some way, shape, or form. So to me, I understand the PPR argument, but I'm always looking to at least start a running back. And then as the season goes on, I make my adjustment. Let's move on to question number two, and it is, is it necessary to take a wide receiver with one of your first two picks? This was split right down the middle. 50% said yes, 50% said no. AJ, how do you feel? I say no. I don't go into any draft thinking anything's absolutely necessary. Even if it is a full point PPR league, it's a passing league, which, yeah, that puts the premium on those top tier wide receivers where you can say, okay, I want to come out of there. I want to come out of there. But you have teams where a third wide receiver is a viable starting option, things yeah. like that. Whereas if you have everyone in your draft going receiver and there's a run on the board, you could take a strategy where you could say, okay, I'm going to stack all these great running backs and I'm going to get valuable receivers later in the middle rounds. And then my running backs are better than anybody else's and my receivers can keep up in a format that they might need to. Yeah, I agree with you, AJ. I would say no, not for the simple fact because I like running backs. I know that's the easy thing for me to say. And if you know me, that's what you think I'd say. But also, I think it depends on your draft. I think how everyone's drafting, like you said, AJ, if everyone's taking a wide receiver, like you're going to have a valuable running back in round one or round two that you can take. I do agree with the strategy of maybe taking the best player available. And maybe sometimes that's a wide receiver and sometimes that's a running back. I don't think you necessarily need a wide receiver in the first two rounds to win your league or to have a successful draft. I mean, there are so many wide receivers on the back end. I think in the late rounds, maybe six, seven, fifth rounds that you, you could probably get good value that could be wide receiver twos and turn into wide receiver ones. You don't know that. I think there's plenty of value back there, especially in a passing league. So I say no. I do understand the argument of yes, though, especially in one-point PPR leagues. Yeah, but if you're at like the turn in a full-point PPR league that sees a run on receivers in the first round, second round, you could be looking at, okay, would you rather draft your RB5 and 6 or your RB4 and 5 or your wide receiver 9 and 10? Do your overall rankings and see where they fall. Take your player from that. Don't just get handcuffed in the idea that everyone's ripping off these receivers i need to get in there you can stack the running backs and be fully set elsewhere i agree i agree now i'll take it one step further this wasn't the poll but would you say that it's it's necessary to take a wide receiver within the first three rounds first three i probably do want to come out of there with at least a starting one especially if if you're starting two flex it's a little bit different you can come out of there maybe with three running backs and you still have a second flex spot or if you're starting three receivers you know some teams do three wide receivers and a flex. Some leagues do two wide receivers, two flex. It, var- it varies from league to league. So if you have all the running back rankings on the board and you're, that's the guy you can take, if you have a spot for him in your starting lineup and he's a higher ranked player on your board, take take him. Yeah, I agree. Actually, this is where I probably do take a wide receiver if I'm doing a three wide receiver league. 
I do speak a lot about the value on the back end, but I do think at some point, <laughs> if there's that much room for a receiver to affect the outcome of a match, especially with another flex or double flex, depending on the league, then you you do have to take a wide receiver. I'm not saying um, that they're not that important. It, it also depends on your league, like AJ said. I would typically say no in a standard league. I like going running back, running back, running back if possible. And when I say standard, I mean quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one flex. But yeah, it just depends on your league. It, it, it really does, reading the board and knowing what's best for your team. All right, AJ, before we get into our top 15 wide receiver rankings, some news broke today. Julio Jones signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not fair that Tom Brady gets Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, all these freaking weapons. This man's going to play till he's 56 years old. I don't think Julio's washed. I think this is a huge pickup for Tampa. He's not going to be asked to do that much. He's not going to be asked to carry an offense. It's not fair. It's not fair, but fantasy-wise, let's not talk about from a standpoint of how the Bucs are going to do. Let's talk about from a fantasy football angle. How do you think Julio Jones affects the drafts going into draft season? I mean, I don't really think he hurts Mike Evans' numbers where, where you'd be taking that, where it's that's, you know, you think Julio Jones, the name value on that, you might think, oh, he's going to take away from Mike Evans. Mike Evans is still the 1A there with that. And then Godwin, they didn't put him on the pup list. So expect him to be healthy. We'll see. We'll see what happens throughout camp with him. Pending Godwin health, Julio's still going to be the number three wide receiver on that team. And they did bring in Russell Gage, so maybe this slows down the Russell Gage train a little bit as to what you would do. But I think they're going to take it easy with Julio. We talked about it a little bit right after the signing. They have the luxury where they're just going to be able to sit him, keep him healthy for the playoffs, late and everything. You know, don't push him to the brink because we saw. In Tennessee, he was significantly slowed down. You said you don't think he's washed, but in Tennessee, he was. Granted, it was Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball and not Tom Brady. That's a, a huge step up, obviously. Whew, so it is. I'm interested to see where his ADP will fall now that you see this happening. Where where is he going to slot in? Where is he going to come in? I don't think I would be out there searching to get him on my team. I'll say that just because I think it'll All be right. the unknown of. I'm not sure what the Bucks are going to be doing. Whereas I think you're going to be able to get unless it's a super late round pick 10th round 11th round 12th round like they're seeing that whereas it's uh i'm not going to be in a race to get julio to my team though that's what i'm oh, saying so p- some people are going to be reaching for him man what yeah so people will with that said aj let's get in to our top 15 way too early wide receiver rankings for redraft leagues you ready let's do it all right number 15 what do you got so 15 this is a real real, real weird zone for me i think there's like a 15a 15b 15C. Like, <laughs> okay. There's a lot of guys in that zone where you look at a lot of them. And to me, it's like, okay, don't like the quarterback. Don't like the offense. Too many question marks. So call this one a homer pick, but my wide receiver 15 is Cortland Sutton. Mm. He's, I think he's one of the more underrated receivers. He's a great deep ball threat. And Russell Wilson is an elite deep ball passer. So the hype's going to be with Judy in that because we know the separation that he gets and what he creates for himself in the offense. But yeah. don't forget about Coyle Sutton. He's a very good wide receiver. His health was always an issue for him, but the quarterback play was also an issue where Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> so I think you bring in Russell Wilson for that. And I think the upside is going to be there for the value to grab him at that, where I think he has wide receiver one potential in a situation whereas the Broncos are going to be in this revamped offense. Obviously they have Russell Wilson. So for me, he comes in at the wide receiver 15 because I think there's more upside than a couple other guys that were in that area for me when I looked at it. 
All right, in at number 15, I have T. Higgins. A lot of what you said, same reasoning, just a different quarterback, different player. T. last year finished 24th uh, in PPR rankings. He got off to a slow start. He missed some time. But towards the end, when the Bengals' offense started clicking, T. started clicking with Joe Burrow. And, you know, the last half of the fantasy football season, he was an absolute monster. And I expect him to kind of continue that over. Of course, having Jamar Chase and Joe mix in on the same offense, you're going to you know, succeed some points to them and some yardage and and whatnot to them. But I do expect him to be a solid wide receiver too, maybe even wide receiver one, depending on how that offense clicks this year. Number 14, what do you got? I have T Higgins at 14. He was in one of our earlier episodes there where we talked about the overvalue and he was being drafted in the wide receiver 11, 12 range. But I think this 14, 15 range is right for him. We know what the Bengals offense is going to be able to produce these two stud receivers. Chase is going to get all the attention in the world. And while all that attention is going to Chase, T Higgins is just going to quietly stack the stats again. 74 catches, cracked a thousand yards receiving last year, six touchdowns. So it's just a matter of where the touchdowns are going to go in that offense, I think. But you're still going to see a large amount of production from him to garner wide receiver 14. All right. And at number 14, I have Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. I just trust Justin Herbert. That's really what it comes down to. You have a lot of people, a lot of players in this range, you know, the 14 through 20 or 22, whatever you rankings you look at. And a lot of them just don't have desirable quarterbacks. And I trust Mike Williams. I saw what he did in the first half of last year. I know he slowed down a little bit, but Justin Herbert to me is one of the best quarterbacks in the national football league. I have a personal bet with Justin Herbert throwing the most yards this year. So hopefully that happens. <laughs> and I think Mike Williams will be, will be a big part of that. I mean, he's a big play threat on every single play. He did show his potential. He did fulfill his potential last year. And even though he slowed down a little bit, I expect him to have a big year this year as well. Maybe not explode onto the scene as he did last year in the first half, but I do expect him to be consistent. And I do expect Justin Herbert and that offense to be consistent. And to me, consistency is probably the most important thing in fantasy football. It's what you look for. So I trust Mike Williams to be my wide receiver 14. 13, what do you got, AJ? First off, I like Williams. He was probably the toughest leave off my list. He Mm. comes in at my wide receiver 16. That was one of the ones that I was toying with to get him in there at 15. So I agree with everything you just said about him. But at 13, I have another guy that was featured on our overvalued podcast, and that's A.J. Brown. He was being drafted as the wide receiver 9-10 range when we did the overvalued episode. And I said then, you know, I don't expect him to take the leap because he's going from a run first offense in Tennessee to another run first offense in Philly. But I still think he has the talent and he's going to have the play level to keep him in this range where wide receiver 12, 13, which is what I think you should expect from him. He finally gives the Eagles a true wide receiver one option. We know they're going to be a run first team. They have a great offensive line. Miles Sanders is talented. Jalen Hurts talented running the ball, talented quarterback. So this is this is the year for him. They get him A.J. Brown. This is the year he needs to take the next step and prove, hey, I can be the quarterback, the franchise quarterback of this team. But I do expect A.J. Brown to help him out in that situation where this is where I'm comfortable taking him as opposed to the wide receiver 9 or 10. All right, and at number 13, I have Allen Robinson, which is probably a jump for a lot of people. Again, I know Stafford. I know McVay. I know that offense. I know how good Allen Robinson is. Robert Woods is gone. He's going to step right in. Um, an OBJ's role like to me it's just a no-brainer this man is extremely talented he's going to be one of the most high-powered offenses and I know that we had him on the undervalued list but I really think he's that undervalued where it's like how could I not expect this man to see at least seven eight targets a game maybe you know a couple red zone looks it just makes sense to me that he's gonna have a huge year I know that's high a lot I saw your face AJ but I do have Allen Robinson in at 13 because I trust Stafford I trust McVay and I know what I'm getting with these players I do like Robinson, but I think that is a smidge high. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Listen, 
I'll say this in my defense. Every year there's rankings, and every year there's always a player or two or three or four actually that come out of nowhere or that are ranked in the 30s or whatnot that end up in your top 15 and top 10. So this is how I like to do my list. I understand that you know there are there are rankings based off things that happened last year and whatnot, but there's always surprises. Let's move on to number 12. What do you got? 12, I have Michael Pittman. That's okay. This is I see I expected twelve for now he's in a run first offense, obviously, with Jonathan Taylor when you have that. I don't love Matt Ryan as a quarterback, but that's more as a fantasy quarterback because that's more about the immobility that he offers. But when you compare Matt Ryan to Carson Wentz, you look at what Carson Wentz just did for Michael Pittman. Now you're bringing in Matt Ryan, who we've seen what he's done to fantasy wide receivers in the past. Obviously, Julio, Calvin Ridley pre-suspension, what you expect from all those. So we know what Matt Ryan is capable of. He doesn't have a lot of competition for targets. Alec Pierce is probably their wide receiver too, rookie they drafted. And Michael Pittman ran a route on 96% of offensive dropbacks last year third in the NFL behind Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. So when he's out there, he's running routes to catch he's running routes to catch passes. So I think the upside there for him, maybe he takes a jump in the touchdowns then as well. And with Matt Ryan coming in, that's enough for him to be on the edge of my wide receiver one range here. I had him at 16, so I I do think Michael Pittman's gonna have a solid year. I don't know how much I trust Matt Ryan just yet. Pittman to me, like I, I like him as a receiver. There's just receivers who I like better. So that's why I just decided to put him in 16. My number 12 is CeeDee Lamb. And a lot of people have him in their top 10. I like CeeDee this year. AJ, you look disgusted with me. <laughs> like absolutely disgusted with me. CeeDee Lamb. Um, listen, I, it, it's more an indictment on the Cowboys than it is CeeDee. I like CeeDee a lot. You know, they have James Washington there. I know some people are kind of high on him as a sleeper. I'm not too much. Michael Gallup, I think, should have a decent year. You have Zeke and Pollard. I just like other players better. I know that sounds kind of simplistic, but the people I have in front of him, I think he's going to have bigger years. I, I don't expect the Cowboys offense to be that consistent this year. I think that there's going to be a little bit of confusion with Zeke and, and Pollard and running the football and what to do with whatnot. It happens every year with the Cowboys. Dak struggles against good teams. There's always some type of confusion. It's more of the fact that I don't trust the Cowboys offense to be consistent this year, and that's why I dropped him down to 12 and just trust other wide receivers over CD Lamb. If anybody out there sees another wide receiver ranking with CD Lamb lower than 12, I need to see it. I, I need to see it. I need to see it. I think that's the lowest you're going to see him this uh, draft season. Surprises, man. You got to do surprises in your rankings because if you don't, they're going to be wrong. All right, number 11, what do you got, AJ? My 11 is DJ Moore. I love DJ Moore. I think he's quietly one of the better receivers in the league. You look at his stats, he's over 1,000 yards receiving in each of the last three seasons, and you look at who his quarterbacks were. Now, I think Baker Mayfield is an upgrade. I expect I do expect him to beat out Darnold, win that job. And DJ Moore last year, 93 catches, uh, 1,100 yards. Now, four touchdowns is his big bugaboo. Four, I think, is the highest in his career, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. That's his highest season total. So he needs to take the jump there, but I expect him to because I do expect Baker to win the job, and I expect the Panthers' offense to be a little bit better this year. So for me, he comes in at wide receiver 11. Okay, at 11, I have A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles. I do trust the fact they're going to get A.J. the ball on wide receiver screens, on slants, whatever you can get A.J., wherever you can get A.J. Brown the ball, they're going to get him the ball. I think he's going to be a huge part of the offense, the focal point of that offense. I think he's going to help Jalen Hurts out a lot. To me, it, it's more of a volume thing with A.J. 
you know, you do have other wide receivers like Devonta Smith. I understand that. But to me, I, I think the Eagles main offense is be predicated around how to get AJ around the ball in space in different ways. And I think he's going to be a PPR dream this year if he can stay healthy. I'm not that high on AJ. Obviously, he's out of my top 10, but I'm pretty high on AJ Brown. And also, to me, he's arguably a top five most talented wide receiver in the league. He's that good to me. All right, that does it for our 15 through 11s. Now we're going to do our 10 through 6. Let's do them consecutively to save some time uh, and to keep the order and to keep our listeners involved. AJ, you're 10 through 6. What do you have? At 10, I have Tyreek Hill. This is a guy you're used to seeing in the top three wide receivers, but that was tied to Patrick Mahomes. Now he's tied to Tua in Miami, and I think his talent level keeps him in the top 10 for me. They're going to find ways to get him the ball. We saw Mike McDaniel comes over, and you saw what the Niners offense was able to do last year. Now Shanahan was the play caller, but McDaniel still had his fingerprints all over that offense. I expect him to be able to get the ball to Tyreek Hill to be able to make plays, keep him in the wide, as wide receiver 10. Nine is Keenan Allen for me. Cracks the top 10 for me with reliability. He's a phenomenal route runner. 1,100 yards last year, six touchdowns. And it's more so everything you said about Mike Williams being with Justin Herbert. I trust Herbert in that one. And I think Keenan Allen should catch 100 balls again this year. Eight is Debo Samuel. You expect to see him in the top four after the production he had last year. But a lot of his production came out of the running back position. Now, the Niners drafted this Davis Price guy. So we'll see how much of that is really... Is that going to cut into Debo's running back play? And how's the offense going to change with the switch to Trey Lance? They just announced today that, you know, we know they were trying to trade Jimmy G, but this is Trey's team now is what they said. So that's why Debo is at my wide receiver eight. Seven is Mike Evans. Talked about a little bit in the Julio section. That's still, he's still the guy there. Uh, Gronk gone. He has 27 touchdowns in the last two seasons combined, and he still has Tom Brady thrown in the ball. So that's enough for me to put him at wide receiver seven. And six is Stephon Diggs, and that's just Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Diggs had the second most red zone targets behind Cup last year, and the Bills just drafted James Cook, but we know they don't love running the ball down there in the red zone. They're going to leave the ball in Josh Allen's hands, and he's either going to throw it to Diggs or he's going to run it in for himself. So Diggs is my wide receiver six. All right, here's my 10 through six, and this is a hot take. This is probably the hot take that I have, the, the biggest hot take, maybe, maybe, of, of my list. Number 10, I have Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos. I think Russ is going to kill it with Sutton. I think he's going to love Sutton in the red zone. I think he's going to love Sutton deep. That deep ball is a beautiful. Russ's deep ball is fantastic. Cortland Sutton, to me, as long as he stays healthy, I think him and Russ are going to connect. I know Judy, a lot of people are high on him there. I am high on Judy as well. I think Sutton's the better receiver, and I think he goes better with Russell Wilson. When Russ scrambles, I think Cortland's going to be able, along with Judy, but I, I think Cortland's going to be able to find space and, and make plays along with Russell Wilson. I really like this a lot. I am calling Cortland Sutton top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football. <laughs> and at number nine, I have Mike Evans. He drops a little bit. Uh, I had him at six before this Julio news. I'm not going to lie. I dropped him down a little bit. And it's not because I think Julio's make that much of a dent. I mean, when you go from six to nine, we're talking about maybe like 15 fantasy points. So it's not that big of a deal. Mike Evans is going to have a fantastic year again. I think there's just a lot of mouths to feed, especially with Julio there now. Not that Julio's going to take over and be a wide receiver one, but that's another wide receiver that's going to get some targets from Tom Brady. You know, Julio's going to have his typical four touchdown game. <laughs> that always happens somehow, some way. Um, so to me, um, he might fall victim to that a little bit, but I still expect him to be very consistent in a top 10 wide receiver. Number eight, same as you. Debo Samuel. 
you know, Trey's team now. I don't know what we're getting from Trey Lance. The 49ers don't know what they're getting from Trey Lance. You know, you hear them talk about Trey Lance, and they seem to kind of be, yeah, I guess this is Trey's team now, and he can be great. He cannot be. I don't know. Um, But a lot of his production last year came from the running back position, and, you know, he's not going to be doing that this year at all, I think, because that's what he wanted to negotiate into his contract, and he wanted to make sure that he doesn't do that. I don't see him really running the football at all this year. You know, he's talented. I think Brandon Ayuk probably sees some some more love this year as well. So I still think top 10, but I'll put him at eight. And at number seven, I have Tyreek Hill. You know, Tua, I don't know if I'm sold on Tua, but I do. I am sold on Tyreek Hill's ability to create offense in other ways where it's like you can run a sweep with him. You can run a reverse with him. You can throw a wide receiver screen with him. You just got to hit him on three-yard slant. There's different ways that you can get Tyreek Hill involved in the offense where he can actually break one. And I think, you know, the Dolphins are going to find a way to make that happen. You don't have to go deep with Tyreek every single time, even though, you know, Mahomes and Tyreek connected all the time on that. I think the Dolphins are going to be a little more creative. You have to be with Tua. And I still think he's going to be successful in that role. And at number six, I got Keenan Allen. I mean, he's a guaranteed 100 receptions in my mind. And it's just whether or not he gets in the end zone or not. You know, there are times a lot last year where he just didn't get in the end zone, but he got you in double-digit points just for simple fact that he caught the football. It's just whether or not how many touchdowns he's going to have. And I do think Justin Herbert is going to have a huge year. You know, I have Mike Williams at my 14. I have Keenan Allen, you know, in at my six because I do think there's going to be a lighter workload with Eckler there. I think um, the receivers are going to see a little more pay dirt this year than they did last year. But yeah, Cortland Sutton, number 10. Got to ask you, AJ. You got to love that, right? You're a Broncos fan, so maybe maybe that hot take me a little happy. I love it. I thought I was a little bit bold putting him at, fi- putting him at 15, where that was yeah. what I was looking at. So to hear you, that was, I was not expecting him to be on your top 15 list at all, let alone in your top 10. So I love it. Yeah. I mean, listen, Russ, let Russ cook, baby. Let, it's a new yeah. offensive coordinator. So they, they bring in Nathaniel Hackett. We see what he did with Aaron Rodgers. They're going to throw the football. I think Russ wants to throw the football. And, you know, they do have a run game there. I'm not saying that Javante and Melvin aren't going to eat either. I think that offense is just going to be really good. I think the Broncos are really good, too, in general. Just got a belief in Cortland, man. I'm trying to think of anything that surprised me. You know, your, your, your list didn't surprise me at all so far, your year 10 through 6. We actually pretty much had the same players, just in a different order. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. Like I said, that was I was surprised to hear Sutton on yours. And then I thought I was a little bit higher on Keenan Allen, but then you come out there, too, and you have him even, high, even higher, higher on your list. I like I like Allen. I'm all in in our one dynasty league to win it this year, and I traded I traded this year's first round pick for Keenan Allen. I need that instant impact play, so I'm going for the win. So that's I got in my mind two top ten receivers this year to pair with two top five running backs. You're married to your quarterback for better or for worse. And listen, there are players who don't have the best quarterbacks in the world who I'm high on as well. You're one of them's in my top five, but for the most part, if I really like your quarterback and I know your offense is going to sling it, and I know how good like to me it's like. That's, that's a slam dunk. Like, what else are you asking for at that point? There's other variables, you know, when you have someone like an A.J. Brown, for instance. Like, Jalen Hurts is still kind of a question mark. We don't know how good he is. You know, there's a chance that he might regress. So it's like, I can't put A.J. Brown in my top 10 knowing that, even though I think he's that talented. The quarterback, and this is common sense for people who play fantasy football, but the quarterback to me, I, I hold in high regard when making my wide receiver decisions, for sure. The quarterback play matters, and I'm sure that's why, yeah. I mean, my list, that's why guys like Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf aren't on, aren't, aren't on this list. Yes, it's a quarterback exactly. Play. Exactly. Terry, I left off because of quarterback play. Um, even Pittman, because I don't know what I'm going to get from Matt Ryan. I like Matt Ryan as a player, but he's older now. I don't, I don't know what he is anymore. Um, yeah, DK Metcalf, same thing. It's De- you know, the Deontay there, Johnson, I don't, I don't, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. There's, there's the handful of those players that, like you yeah. said, the quarterback matters. 
Right. And then you hear the, you know, the rebuttals, like, well, what about Tyreek Hill and Tua? Well, it's like, for me, well, I know what that offense is going to look like. I know there's going to be wide receiver screens. I know Jalen Waddles on the other side. I know they're going to run reverse. Like, I know the creativity and, and the flow of what that offense is going to look like. And I think Tyreek will, will thrive in that. So there's always like counter arguments to that as well. But to me, you are married to your quarterback for the most part. There are a few exceptions, but for the most part, you're married to your quarterback. What are your thoughts on Tua? I know we're talking wide receivers, but I'm kind of curious how he's going to work with Tyreek Hill. I think he can be productive. I don't think he got really a fair shake with the with the Miami. I don't really think they gave him a legit shot. I feel like they were trying to not like him. Now, I was really surprised that they fired Flores when they did. I thought Flores was Same. a good coach, but I just I just don't think he wanted Tua. I don't know what it was. They didn't seem to try to fit an offense to cater to his strengths, and I think they bring in Mike McDaniel, who is going to be – this unique offensive minded coach. So you, you saw what he did getting the ball to Debo in space. Now, right. like I said, I know Shanahan called the plays, but McDaniel's involved in those rooms. He's the offensive coordinator of the team. He's involved in the production of the offense. They got the ball in Debo in space and you saw what he did, whether it was out of the running back position, screen passes down the field, across the middle. They're going to do that with, they're going to do that with Tyreek. You trade for him for a reason. You don't trade for him to not, cater your offense to his strengths that couldn't set it better I, that's why i have him at seven uh i think he's gonna have a huge year tyreek hill i mean you're gonna miss the bomb for sure i mean it, it might be the here and there but it's it's not gonna be the same thing patrick mahomes but he'll find a way all right aj five through one what you got five through one coming in at wide receiver five i have cd lamb your trash is my treasure i love cd <laughs> lamb i think it wouldn't surprise me if he cracks 100 receptions and 10 touchdowns this year i think he goes out you see he had 79 catches for 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns last year. Amari Cooper's gone. Cedric's, Cedric Wilson's gone. He was outside the top 30 in target share last season of the offense, and the ball has to go somewhere in Dallas, and that's where I think it goes. And I think CD is going to be in for a huge year. At four, I have Devontae Adams. I think we're going to see that Raider offense flip a little bit. So we saw them where – they gave Josh Jacobs, they were not run heavy, but they were almost an even split. I think they bring in McDaniels. Yeah. Uh, they bring in Devontae Adams. You're still going to see Hunter Renfro get his. They have Darren Waller. Now they have this where I think Devontae Adams is still going to command the ball. He's going to be a, a great, another great red zone target as Hunter Renfro already is getting open yeah. around the end zone. And I think you're going to see Derek Carr have a good year along with that. So that's why college teammates, my wide receiver four, my wide receiver three is last year's wide receiver one, one of the most legendary fantasy seasons we've seen. Cooper Cup Ooh. comes in at wide receiver three for me. This is all about expectations for me. Last year, you know, if you draft him as a wide receiver one, you're drafting him at the absolute premium that he's at. Uh, yeah. I would be stunned if he duplicates what he did last year. 145 catches, 1,900 yards, and 16 touchdowns. I would be absolutely appalled if, he were to duplicate that. And I think within my top two, wide receiver two is Jamar Chase and my wide receiver one is Justin Jefferson. So I think they jump Cooper for me because I can see them taking that next leap. I can see Jamar Chase hitting the ground running this year, whereas now last year he was a rookie, acclimates. He gets now he gets more time throughout everything in the offense. I can see him taking the next next step. 81 catches last year for 1400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Like I said, when we talked about Higgins, maybe some of those touchdowns go to Higgins when Chase gets more attentions, but I expect Chase to catch more balls this year. And I expect the Bengals offense to look as good. And then Justin Jefferson's my number one, 108 catches, 1600 yards, 10 touchdowns last year. I think 10 touchdowns is, I think 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns is probably his floor. 
I think it's probably the lowest him. They bring in Kevin O'Connell, offensive-minded coach for the Rams offensive coordinator. And we know they had Mike Zimmer. And I think O'Connell's going to come in and he's going to let Kirk Cousins sling it. And that's why Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver one this year. Man, can't fault you there, man. I, I think that's a solid top five. I'll start with my top five. In number five, I have Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, like you said before, red zone target there. He's by far and away to me. I, I know Gabriel Davis is someone everyone's high on, but to me, Stefan Diggs is, we all know he's their number one. And I I, I don't know if Gabriel's going to play that much of an impact in this offense this year. I could be wrong. I'm not saying he's me a bust and whatnot. I know he's just on everybody's sleeper and blah, 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 blah. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> Stefan Diggs is a man there in Buffalo, one of the more high-powered offenses that I don't think takes step back this year. Number four, I have Devontae Adams. You know, same thing that you said. You know, he's one of the best wide receivers in football, may be the best wide receiver in football, depending on who you ask. I think Derek Carr, you know, is a very efficient quarterback, but he's not someone who really slings the rock like Aaron Rodgers or, you know, is able to get you open in the way that Aaron Rodgers can. But I still think he's a very solid quarterback. He's a red zone threat for Derek Carr. I think their red zone offense to be fantastic between Waller rolling up the seam, <laughs> Renfro, you know, running a little out and wherever Devontae is going to do. I think Derek Carr can have potentially a, a big season if they let him throw the ball. I just don't know what that offense is going to look like. So I'm not comfortable putting him over the top three. And at number three, I have Justin Jefferson. I like Justin Jefferson a lot. I don't think you can go wrong with him at number one. I understand the argument for it, and I think it's very valid. To me, it's, you know, when I look at my number two and number one, it's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm just completely honest with you. Um, you know, and I think Adam Thielen do plays a little bit of a role as well. Uh, even though my top two, they also have counterparts as well. I, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins to be consistent. Justin Jefferson obviously is good enough to overcome that and be a wide receiver one automatically in all formats so it's not that big of a deal but we're talking like top three and we're splitting hairs that's the hair that i'm going to split kirk cousins uh and at number two i have cooper cup that ryan's offense there you know i can say it all day it's a well-oiled machine you know what you're getting matthew stafford to me is one of my favorite fantasy football quarterbacks of all time they have a connection that is undeniable at this point he's not going to break the records that he broke last year it's to expect that from him is asinine but i do think he's a ppr dream I do think that him and Stafford will continue their connection. And at number one, I have Jamar Chase. I think he's going to have more receptions. I, I think what held him back last year was just the fact that the offense kind of took a little bit to get going. For as good as Joe Burrow was last year, start off the year, it was kind of, you know, it was back and forth. It wasn't that great. Um, they've had some breakout plays here and there, but there were games where the Bengals offense got off to slow starts, and it wasn't until the second half of the season where they started coming along, and I do think that this year you're going to get that the whole year. <laughs> so one whole year of Jamar Chase just tearing it up, I think leads him to being the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. So again, a very similar top five that we have. Uh, I had Stefan, you did not. But for the most part, I, th I think we agree on, you know, who's who uh, in the top 10. I had CeeDee Lamb, you know, 12. That's the biggest yeah, discrepancy. But <laughs> like, you, like you said, that top three, yeah. you said splitting hairs. That That's yeah. what you're doing. Like, I, we, you could just say, and my wide receiver one for the year is all three of those guys. Because yeah. that's just, you could rank any any of those, those top three, any which way you rank them. No one's going to fault you. That's just, they're the the consensus top three and it doesn't matter who you have one, two or three, you're, you're really just splitting hairs with that. Yeah. Any one of those three could be the overall wide receiver one. And it wouldn't right. su surprise me at all. 
Yeah. Like I said, when you're splitting hairs, it's like you're finding things to, and that the one thing that I rely on a lot when I look, take a wide receiver as a quarterback. And to me, it's like, all right, well, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, or Joe Burrow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, I, if you were to tell me, like you just did, that Justin Jefferson would be the wide receiver one in fantasy, I'm not going to fight you over it. You can make a solid, you can make a solid case. To me, I think the more interesting conversation is like the 10 through 15 to 10 through 20. You know, that range right there is very interesting because I think that's where you make your money. I think that's where you win your leagues. And it was very interesting to see what you had. And you and I pretty much had similar uh, opinions on that, even though we ranked them a little differently. You know, the Pittmans, the Higgins, the Mike Mike Williams, like we we pretty much see see it there because we were talking before the show. We think there's a dead zone right after like 15, 16 um, with your DK Madcaps and your Terry McLaurins, not because they're not talented, but just because of quarterback play. Yeah, like you said, it's it's really the quarterback plays. That's why I had such a hard time getting to 15. You look at that, and you got Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper. You know, that's when you're getting into that range, it's okay. What are you going to get from the quarterback? Even down into Darnell Mooney. I like Mooney this year, I think, as a top 20 wide receiver, but that question mark is there about the quarterback for every single one of those players, which when you get to the other range where look at what we just rattled off in our top five, seven, ten range. Those are all consistent quarterback plays. Kirk Cousins is getting some slander here from you, coming off a career year. Yeah, I know, I know. But listen, he, he produces he produces fantasy wide receivers. Like I mean, Thielen and Jefferson are players in fantasy football, so yes, I, I could trash exactly. Kirk Cousins all I want. But you know, at the end of the day, Thielen and Jefferson are beasts. But that just goes to support the the idea that, like you said, where the quarterback does matter. Because you look at all those yeah. guys that we have in our rankings where, yeah, they're all great players, but they are they have a great tandem at, wide rece- at quarterback that they're paired with. I don't want to say it doesn't matter how great of a wide receiver you are. It doesn't matter how good yeah. you are. But cor- quarterback makes a difference. That's So that's where you see that wide receiver two range from 24 to 17 for me is a lot of guys that I think are very good wide receivers. And the question marks are around the quarterback position, which is why I didn't feel comfortable bumping them up onto this ranking. Yeah, I mean, I rather have an Al Robinson than a DK Metcalf this year. I rather have an Allen Robinson than Deontay Johnson this year. I rather have an Allen Robinson over a Brandon Cooks. I, I know he's not the number one. Obviously, Cooper Cup's number one there. I, I get that, but to me, I know what I'm getting. I know what I'm getting every week with that offense. I know what I'm getting every week with Allen Robinson. With Brandon Cooks, it's like. Quarterback play, I, I, you, you don't know what that offense is going to look like. They're awful to begin with. You don't know if they're going to get blown out. It's going to be forty-eight to zero by the third quarter, and he's not even playing the full, playing in the game. So to me, it's that's important. You know, you got to think of those things as well. You know, are, is the team good? Are they in competitive games? Um, so to me, like uh, you see that also, where it's like these teams that I'm that I'm picking, like they're mostly good competitive teams as well. I think that's the reason why a lot of them end up being. Um, high in these rankings as well because they're playing competitive games or you're throwing the football and there's action and, and I don't know that that's just how I look at fantasy football. It's a mixture of a lot of things, but I, I would rather have an Allison Ro- Allen Robinson than you know the number one quarterback for uh, number one wide receiver for the CLC Dogs. Who would you rather have? Looking at it from this is I feel like this is a good comparison for this DK Metcalf or Juju Smith Schuster tied Juju to Patrick Mahomes. You take Schuster? Schuster. Okay. Yeah. yeah, see, and that's where it makes a difference. Metcalf's yeah. a better wide receiver. Metcalf, yeah, oh, you're not going to argue Metcalf's a better yeah. wide receiver far and away. But yeah. Drew Locke, who's going to be throwing the ball? Drew Locke or Geno Smith? Right. And I can make the argument that Juju Smith is going to be the number one receiver there in, I mean, outside of Kelsey, in, in Kansas City. So, yeah, you're, you're going to give me Juju Smith-Schuster with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid-led offense? Yeah, I'll take that. 
a hundred out of a hundred times for sure. And that's, I think that's just the prime example of what we're saying yeah. where it does, that's, that, that's what matters in the rankings. That's what you got to think about. You know, I'm sure down the line, we're going to go over like, Hey, do not draft list. I think I just gave you a big <laughs> hint as to what I'm looking for when I do not draft somebody or have them on that list. So for now, if you want, you can follow the podcast, the whole podcast network, just subscribe, rate five stars, you can follow us on Facebook at Fantasy Holics, Twitter at Fantasy Holics One, Instagram and TikTok at Fantasy Holics Podcast. Uh, like I said before, it's not just our show on the feed. We have other shows as well. The Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast for your dynasty needs. Seth Berger hosts DWF Defense Wins Fantasy for IDP leagues. Just make sure you subscribe. You know, we'll be bringing content all fantasy football season long. We do redraft. Like I said, the Fat Boys do Dynasty. There's just different types of content for dips, different types of leagues and just fantasy football talk in general. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We'll be doing live mock drafts and bringing you other content. For AJ Kelly, I'm Josh Rodriguez. We will see you next week for another episode of The Flex.